verse 15. I'm in the New American Standard Bible. So if you have the other, it's, it's okay. And I want to read it first, and I may read it again. It says, whoever confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed that love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God. And God remains in him. By this, love is perfected with us. So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, we also are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first, what? Loved us. See, it's in the scripture. If someone says, I love God and yet he hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother and sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. 1 John 4 and 19 says, we love because he first Loved us. Now this passage tells us that God is love. The word says that a true follower of Christ, Jesus, must express the love we found in him. Not the love that we conjured up, uh, we, you know, made up or we found out from the world. No, the, word, the, the love that we have found in him. And so our, our objective today is we want our hearers, and the youth in particular, to bring the love of God to the world. So who you love? Let's look at the scripture again. It says in verse 15, whoever confessed that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us, God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. It's very simple. We skip down to verse 19. But by this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. As he is, also is we. Skip down to verse 21. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fear is not perfect in love. Then it says, we love because he first loved us. And if someone says, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment with have with him from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. So very simple today. Without a doubt, God is love. 
Say that with me. God is love. So if anybody ever asks you what is love, the first answer should be what? That's what love is. 1 John 4 and 7, Beloved, let us love one another for the love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You can't get around it. The only way you can perfectly love somebody is through God. The world has messed up the word, the word love. It has been oversighted. It has been uh, said so many times that overused, abused, misused. When we really didn't love the thing, we lusted after the thing. And someone asked the question, how can a loving God punish the sinner? Now, it's true that God is loving, and it's also true that he is just and holy. God is not going to mix unholy stuff with the holy. He's not going to mix the unjust with the just. Do we understand that? So he requires nothing but holiness from his people. And don't you get that twisted and don't you get that misunderstood. God requires holiness from his people. Why? How you know that? He said, be ye holy for I am holy. Now what is being holy? Holy is simply, do you remember what I told you was? Oh, first lady Noah, it is a consistent life of obedience. That's what it means to live holy is to have a life, a consistent life of obedience as unto the Lord. Say that with me. In order for me to be holy, I must have a consistent life of obedience. That's what holiness is. A consistent life of obedience. And so he rewards the faithful and he also provides discipline and punishment for all iniquities. You're not going to do all these other things against God and embrace God at the same time. Either one of two things. Either you're going to be drawn to God or you're going to move farther away as you can. You're either going to have God in your life or you're not. Why? Because love is an action word. Meaning you can't really say you love someone without showing. But in action or in thought, you show them. I can tell what the thoughts of First Lady are before she came to me because what she thought about, now she's acting on it. That had to be in her thoughts in order for her to bring it to action toward me. 
So you know that was in her thoughts because of her action. Every act is first a thought. But no one shouts, I love you, then run and hide from one, the one that he or she loves. And young folks say they're ghosting them, you know. You don't ghost somebody that you love. Y'all ain't ready. Love must be expressed and not kept. I got so much love for everybody, but you keeping it to yourself. If it's really love, it's got to be expressed. Well, I, I, my wife know I love her. Well, are you expressing it? If one thing to know something is another thing to experience it. There's a whole lot of folk in America know a whole lot of stuff, but they're experiencing nothing. My husband know that I love him. Well, where's the expression? Show me. I'm from Missouri. Show me, state. Show me. Huh? You cannot say you love and just keep it to yourself. Commission wrote the song, said, love is a love until you give it away. You got to give love away. And watch this. Ain't got nothing to do with your feelings. Ain't got nothing to do with how you were raised up. But let's quit making excuses and putting on how we was real. Now you got the Holy Book. You got the Holy Ghost. You got the power of God. Your life can change if you allow God to change you. We're not listening to more of your more excuses or you copping out. God had already delivered you and freed you. Why are you still trying to hold on to old stuff? Quit telling me this hour. Quit telling me I got my daddy attributes. No, God can deliver you from all of that. How you know, Bishop? I'm a living witness. Daddy tell me all the time, you a whole lot better than I was. You don't have to make the same decision. Yes, you went through it. But think about what you said. I went through it. I didn't stay stuck in it, but I went I didn't stay where I was, mad at my mama, mad at my daddy, mad at my grandparents. I didn't stay stuck in it. I went. And when I go through it on the other side, I got a testimony of how God brought me through it and not get stuck in it. So I'm coming on through it. And as I go through it, I'm grabbing my grandchildren, my children, and I'm bringing them on with me so they can come on out of it. Are y'all hearing me? They will not stay in a generational curse, in a generational state. They can come on through it. Holler at somebody and say, don't stay stuck where you are. Come on through it. Tell them, say, I'm counting on you. 
come on out of that thing. Hallelujah. Christians got the powerful holy book. And every time I turn around, I see you womp, 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 womp. I'm so sick of womp, 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 womp. I don't want to hear another excuse, another hour when you got the power of God operating. If you got all this power, you should be able to come out of that thing. You telling me your God is weak? You telling me your God is weak as water? You telling me your God don't have power to break the yoke off of your neck, to break the yoke off of your family, to break the yoke off of your life? You telling me your God is weak as water, but I beg to differ with you. God got power. He got your breaking power. He'll turn that family around. He'll turn that marriage around. I don't hear nobody in here. You preachers and deacons and, and leaders right here crying and God like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no. We don't know nothing except what the word of God said. If he can pull her out, he can pull you out. If he can pull him out, he can pull you out. If he can turn them around, he can turn you around. That's the kind of God we serve. Tired of you talking about it. You got to be about it. to see the power of God in action. I don't want to hear about it. I want to see God moving in our day. That my home was in a wreck but oh God. God came alone and made me the best man that I could be. God came alone and made you the best woman you could be. I thought it was over but God got a hold of me. We make folk don't want to believe in God and receive God because we weak. They say you crying and beefing all the time. What that? What? I don't want your God. You always putting down your wife, putting down your husband, putting down your church, putting down your job, putting down your boss, putting down your children, putting down everything. What I want to be with you for? If nothing else, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know what? It don't make no sense for you to have all that power that come from that power book and you come in here looking like a sour puss. You don't even look like God been good to you. You know, how you going to pump somebody else up with the way you look at it? How you, you carry on? You just dragging, just back, dragging yourself in here. Just dragging, just dragging. Just, 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 nobody want to see you dragging. How dragging going to help dragging? 
I need to see you running in here. Say, I'm going to enter into the gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to come into court with praise. If I'm hurting, God going to heal my body. Heal me, oh Lord, that I may be healed. Save me that I may be saved. The Lord is my praise. We act like God died and the angel carried his coffin. Hallelujah. Man, you know, I'm getting a little older. And your point is, come here and talk to me, Caleb. Come here and talk to me, Abraham. Don't give me that. As long as God give me strength, I will lift my hands in the sanctuary. Are y'all hearing me? And long as God give me strength, I'm going to lift up my legs. Because if I didn't have them, I knew I'd be showing up. I wish I could move like y'all move. If I didn't have them, hallelujah, thank God I got all my fingers in my hand. I'm going to clap them. I don't care what y'all say. I thank God I got my voice. There's some folk that are dumb and can't talk. I got a voice, and I'm going to praise him. If I had 10,000 tongues, I'll praise him with every one of them. So Romans 12 and 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor or hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now you young folks, you better be careful that you're not clinging to evilness. Y'all are up, a, up against a whole lot more than what we was up against. And parents, you got to help your children not cling to evil. Evil is everywhere. It's on the television, it's in the video games, the social media. It's everywhere. It's at the school. I don't care. Huh? Evil is everywhere. You got to teach your children not to cling or stick to evil. Evil is in the music, it's in the videos, it's in the movies. You got to teach them the difference. All right. So this is Paul's reminder to the Romans who on how to be dedicated in serving God. And if I may ask, what is the remedy or how to fight fear? See, when you were a child, you woke up one from a bad dream and afraid of the dark, and what did your parents say? Uh-huh. Did they encourage and cheer you up? Yes. Or did they go off in tongues? And you don't understand that. But what they really do is hug you and lay down beside you. In short, they show love, and knowing that they love you and are there for you, what happens to your fear? It vanishes. Okay, how afraid you were in that room after mom or daddy coming in and hold you and hug you and talk to you, that fear vanishes. 
1 John 4 and 18 said, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfect in love. And so we have confidence on the day of judgment because we know that God is love and the one who abides in love in God, God abides in him by this love is perfect, perfected with us. So now if we say we love because he first loved us, then who you love? Number one, you love God. Everybody say love God. That's why I got to do, I write that down. If you don't have the notes, you don't have the, you know, the, you don't have the app, write that down. Who we love? Number one, we love God. Jesus said that the foremost commandment of all is, in Mark 12 and, and 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So all your heart, if you were an octopus, love God with all three hearts. You love him with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Are you following me? It means to love the Lord and seek him with a passion for who he is and not for any other motive. We love God. That who you love, I love God. It is to find our soul satisfaction in him alone and to strive with every fiber of our being to love him more and more. And so we must say, all of me, O oh Lord, loves all of you. Say that with me. All of me, O oh Lord, loves all of you. You, he, you got to love him with your whole heart. And then I, and my question, who, who in the world could not love our God? You know why I ask that? Because of what Romans 5 and 8 says. But God demonstrates uh, his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, they're called love scars. Say that with me, love scars. Uh-huh, the true love scars are found on the cross. See, when you love somebody, it's going to cause you to get scarred up. See, love is going to be tested, and you got to stay with it even though it causes you a few scars. Can you say amen? Yes, he was willing to take those scars because he loved us. And if you are married in here, you got to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Even though Christ got scarred up, you still got to love her. You may get pains in your body from that relationship, but you still love because you are a type of Christ. You're going to get some love scars in your relationship. You will not know the true meaning of love if you don't have Christ in your life. So Christ demonstrated. Y'all see that in Romans 5, 5 and 8? For God demonstrates his own love. I got a question for you. How do we demonstrate our love toward him? Now he demonstrated his life to, love towards us by giving his life. Now how do we demonstrate our love toward him?
come to church. So how are you demonstrating your love? You can't even hardly get you to come to church. Well, I, ain't feel, I, I feel like I'm going to have a co- You ain't got it yet. You say you demonstrate your love to her, you make excuses. Why you can't come to Sunday school? Why you can't come to Bible study? You make excuses why you can't pray. Why you can't read your Bible? Why you can't have a home Bible study? Why you and your wife can't have devotion? You make excuses. How are you demonstrating your love towards him? Get upset when you don't do what you do. They won't let me do what I want to do. You belong to Christ. Ask him what you should do. How are you demonstrating your love towards him? You rob him? You don't give your tithes or your offer? Don't even talk about first fruits. We can't get you to get tithes and offering yet. Don't talk about sacrificial offerings, free will offerings. You struggling with your little ten. Ten was it was intended for you to start there, but not stay there. As the Lord blesses you, as He increase your life. Hallelujah. I want to know how you demonstrate your love towards him. You fuss about everything. You don't want to read his book. You don't want to do his book. So how you demonstrate your love toward him? He tell you how to have a relationship with your children, huh? With your church family, with your husband and wife. I don't want to listen to him. He don't know what he's talking about. Well, he created this. He wrote the blueprints on this. You didn't think of marriage. That was God's idea. How are you demonstrating your love toward him? You single. You got all the time in the world to do something on the behalf of God. But no, I ain't got time. How are you demonstrating your love toward him? He put it on your heart to bless somebody. Oh, I'm not doing that. You know what? I came to this conclusion. Dr. B, First Lady, you can't share what you don't have. You can't share love if you don't have it. You can't share caringness if you don't care. You can't share God if you don't have it. Some of us don't even like ourselves. How are we going to like somebody else? We don't even like ourselves. How are we going to like somebody? You don't even like you. 
So first of all, we love God. All right, number two, you got to love people. You got to love your neighbor. Write that down. The second greatest commandment is Mark 12 and 31 says, the second to this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there is no other commandment greater than these. To love your neighbor as yourself. That's why I say you don't even love you. How you going to love somebody else when you don't even love yourself? Now, why ask the question, who you love? You got to love God, number one. Then you got to love people. You got to love your neighbor. First John 4 and 21 says, and this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. If you love God, you should love your brother. I can't stand him. I can't stand her. I'll never forgive her for what she did. You'll never forgive her for what she did. You got to, this is the book say you got to love them. It is a commandment. And most of us have neighbors, correct? And who among us have a good relationship with them? You, you, you got neighbors, you got to have a good relationship with them. Back in the day, you could borrow vinegar, soy sauce, and cooking oil from your neighbor. And when they cook something, they'll give you a bowl of it. And when you, when you return the bowl, you'll return the bowl with some food cooked in it. When you bring it back, y'all ain't hearing me in here. Leaving the house, you can leave the house key to them because you trust them. That's how they used to do it. But nowadays, most people are in competition with their neighbors, and they always iron on them, envying of them, and they ain't got what I got. I don't want them to see what I got in my house because I want to have the biggest couch, the biggest sofa. I want to have the biggest, biggest this or that or whatever. No, before, we used to can go to each other's neighbors and borrow sugar and everything else. Those days seem like they're long gone. We don't love our neighbors like we used to. We don't love people like we used to. We envy each other. What would they got? Look at them pulling up in a new car. Who they think they are. Honey, we're going next week and go look at the car lot and see what we can get. You just got a new one last year. You don't need no 24. You got a 23. Me personally, I wish I would never have to get a new car. Now, that's me personally. I ain't speaking for first lady right now, but I'm talking about Harvey B. I'm going to tell you right, I don't like new payments. Because these new payments are not like the old payments I had back in 1999. That new car come with a new payment. And I don't like these new payments. These new payments are out of this world. Man, what they paying for? A hundred and I could have bought a Bentley back then.
So my question is, do you love yourself? Do you feed yourself? Do you care for yourself? Do you dress up and make yourself look good physically and spiritually? Then you should also do this to your neighbor. The neighbor refers to in this passage doesn't only apply to those people around or close to you. That's everyone, believer or unbeliever, ones who do good and done wrong to you. It's getting a little bit more quieter. So Matthew 5 and 44 said, but I say to you, love your enemies. There it is. And pray for those who persecute you. You got to love the people that hate you. Now, wait a minute. Let me see if I got this right. If I got to love my enemy, I can't be saying I hate my wife. My wife is not my enemy. Where y'all let the devil get in your house? Then y'all got the colossal nerve to tell you, I hate you. Those are some strong words. If I got to love my enemy, I know I got to love this beautiful woman over here. If I got to love my enemy, I know I can love all of the members here that they said, the spiritual children that are in this room, all of you all that are connected to me, I got to love you. You got to love me too. I don't care how I look to you. He looked funny. I don't care how funny I look to you. Man, hear his voice, Eric. I don't care. You still got to love me too. Amen. But he, every time he preaches, he always looking at me. I don't care. You still got to love me. I don't care what you think. Probably didn't even know that you was at church that day. So I love you with the love of the Lord. It means that like Christ, we care for them, pray for them, and want them, our neighbor, to have a relationship with the Father. So can you say it to the person beside you, they are your actual neighbor for now, but say to them, I love you with the love of Christ. Can you say that I love you with the love of Christ? And tell us that we're going to have a relationship just like we do with the Father. Number three, I'm almost done. You got to love the church. And, and I know I put a, a little C and a big C because we got to love the church worldwide. And then you got to love the local church. Are you following me? Now, look what Ephesians 5 and 25. I knew he was going to say something about that old marriage. Husband, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved who? The church and gave himself up for her. You got to love the church like Christ 
love the church. Marriage like Christ and the church. So the church mentioned here is the group of believers. And we are the church, the body of Christ, with whom Jesus is the head. Are you hearing me? Now, Acts 4 and 32 says this. And the congregation of those who believe were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belong, belonging to him was his own, but all things were coming of a property to them. So they loved each other so much so until if somebody had a need, they were willing to share it. You haven't got your heart so hardened that if you see somebody in need, you close your uh, bowels of, of, of mercy uh, unto them. You got, listen, you see somebody in need, I'm telling you, and you got the love of God in you, you open your heart to that person. That's what Christians do. We can't be like the world. Hey. You, I got my own. You got to get your own just like I got mine. That's how the world talks. You see somebody in need, you got to open your heart. That's the kind of love you got to show. Are you following me? You got to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. You got to love the church. The physical, you know, this is a physical building, but the people that come inside, are really the one that congregate that they are the church. We are the ecclesia, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Right? God has called us out. And so nowadays it's easier for some to hate their church than to love it. Why? Because they say, you know, we got a lot of issues and problems and everybody in there talking about their shortcomings and, you know, that leads to a member leaving, and not only for the youth, but members in general, you know, because everybody got issues, everybody got problems. And we already know that, but we don't, we don't, we don't magnify issues, and we don't magnify a problem. We magnify God. You know why God gives us testimonies when we're being imperfect? Well, how this going to work, Bishop, with two imperfect people? It can work perfectly. You know how two imperfect people can become one? They serve a perfect God. A perfect God can take two imperfect people and work them together, and they can live happily ever after. Why? Because we don't consult each other because we're imperfect. We consult the perfect one. And when we realize in all our imperfections, we don't try to cover them up and hide them and make them look like we don't have them. We give our imperfections to the perfect one to change us. Now we're being perfected. Now we're being matured. You should mature in your relationship. Can your husband or wife say, say uh, uh, really honestly that you have matured in the relationship? Can they, can they say, can they say, honey, you have matured in our relationship? There 
are some men that are still immature. They still acting like boys. When they should be acting like a man. Boys will play. Men solve problems. Hallelujah. You don't want your wife to stay a little girl. You want her to mature into a woman. Hallelujah. Women take women responsibilities. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. Huh? But when I became old, I put away my childish ways. And that's how some of us are spiritually. We're still acting like babies. We're still acting like children. When we should be matured into spiritual adults. It is true that it is, this is an imperfect world. And there will not be a perfect church. No matter how beautiful the building is or how large the congregation is, there will always be a flaw in it. You know why? Because you are in it. We're in it. And if you see some problems in the church, make sure that you will be a part of the solution and not the one causing the problems. If you see the church dirty, clean it. If the worship team is struggling, help them, encourage them. If you find something in the church and in your heart you know that you can help to make it better, it is a conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life to be in that ministry. Love your church and everyone and everything inside it. Love your pastor. Love your leaders. Love your brethren. Love the sister. But the presence when you walk into the building, the music comes from the instrument from which you in the, put you in the mood to worship. You got to love the atmosphere. Let me tell you something. This church has a holy presence in here. When you come in here, the Lord permeates this place. It is not a dead place. You can feel the presence of God. You ought to love it that you got the presence of God. The glory hadn't departed. The glory is here. Some place you go is dead twice. Ain't nothing moving. Everything just monotone. Not making you think about your life. Anytime you come to church, you should be thinking about your life. God, I'm getting closer to something. And I don't want to be caught with my lamp without oil. So you got to love people. You got to love the church. You got to love your family. You got to pray for them and show how much you care for them for they are anointed to be used for the sole purpose of worshiping and serving God. Number four is that you got to love the world, and I had to put in there love the people of the world because I got to explain that. The world watches you and waits for you to make a mistake 
And then they can say, is that how Christians live? That's, that's what they do. They're waiting for you to mess up. So they can pounce on you. I thought you was a Christian. See, they knew you, there was supposed to be something different from you and them. That's why they say, I thought you was a Christian. Because they know that they're not living a, a, a good life. They're living a raggedy life. But your life should be different. Why so many Christians want to say, well, you know, um, you know, we could do a little bit of this. We could do a little bit of that. No, the world is looking for something different. If I could, if I, listen, if I could still do what I was doing in the world, why I want to come over to the, the Lord's side? That don't make sense to me. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Let me help me get out of here. First John 4 and 4 says, Ye are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in what? The world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, verse 6, and the world listens to them. And we are from God, he who knows God listens to us, and he who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So if people make fun of you or dislike you because of your faith in Jesus, remember that they are not against you personally. They are against God. So we will deal with it. He will deal with them and, and consecrate in loving and obeying him. So you don't worry about that. You let God handle that. And so we should love the people of the world but must not conform to the world system. See, as Christians, we should, 1 John 2 and 15, I had to bring this out. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is what? Not in him. Now, the Amplified Bible reads like this. It says, do not love the world of the sin that opposes God and his precepts. Y'all see that? So that's what the world is. It's the world deals with sin that opposes God. And what God stands for, his precepts. Nor the things that are in the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So this is not a reference to the physical material world, but the invisible spiritual system of evil dominated by Satan and all that it offers in opposition to God, his word, and his people. So that's what it is. It's this system the world this evil system the things that make up the world system of evil and rebellion against God the world rebels against God let me see if I got this right you come out of the world system and now you are in God's system if you're in God's system, you shouldn't have a desire to go back into the world system. 
Look like now church is getting so weak until we want to have the world system and God system at the same time. It's not going to work. Blessings and cursing cannot dwell together. Bitter and sweet cannot dwell together. Cosmos, Greek word, the order, the behavior, the fashion, the government of this world system. Be not conformed to the order of the behavior of this world. You can't do what the world does. If you watch the world long enough, you'll be like the world. If you listen to the world long enough, you are going to sing like the world. Garbage in, garbage out. You ain't saying nothing now. That's okay. You don't like what I got to say. I know I'm in the book. I'm in the Bible. You just don't like the Bible. That's your problem. That's your problem. You didn't like that. I'm going to give you one more. Romans uh-huh, 2 and 12. Be not conformed to this world. You want to argue with me? I ain't the one that wrote it. You argue with God. Be not conformed anywhere. I want to do anywhere I do. I want to go to the parties anywhere. I want to. I want to do that anywhere. I want to be with him. I want to be with him. I want to be. I want to be that anywhere. So you saying God is a liar when He tell you don't be conformed to this world. What kind of church is this? This is a Bible-believing church. Be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed. Not transgender, but transformed. You got the word, mister. You got the first part right, trans. But he said, transform. Don't worry about me. I'm not writing for no office or nothing like that. So I'm not trying to be politically correct or nothing like that. But be you transformed. Watch this. By the renewing of your what? 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 The world is after your mind. That's why you struggle. We're trying to be on God's side in the middle of the world because they have to your mind. But your mind got to be transformed. Well, you know, that ain't what it really said. No, that's what your flesh saying. You trying to appease your flesh. Transform out of renewing your mind that ye may prove is that good. You prove what's good by doing what God says. When you do what God says, you show what is acceptable. When you do what God says, you show the will of God. 
So you want to be like the world. But he said to be transformed. So you really want to take Romans 2 and 12 out of this. But I got one more for you before I close it out. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I don't care what, what you do, you always on showcase. You should always be giving God the glory. If you're in the restaurant, you should be showing out. You should be giving the glory to God. Are y'all hearing me? I don't care if you're shopping at Walmart. People should see the glory of God on your life. Get to the cash register and argue with everybody and everything and show out. I don't want this. Take this back. I don't want this and I don't want that. Glory be to God. God, please don't let me go out with people that send their food back three times. I don't know what them folk going to do with that food when they bring it out there. Nobody never satisfied you on nothing. Hallelujah. Whatsoever you do, do it to the glory of God. Ooh, that's a strong love message here today, isn't it? So now look what the message Bible says. Look what the message Bible says. First John 2 and 15. Look up on the screen because I know you don't have. Look, look at this. It says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, Wanted everything for yourself, wanted to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants, it's set for eternity. Somebody shout, I'm set for eternity. If I want what God wants, I am set for eternity. I got to compete with nobody. I'm set for eternity. Hallelujah. So we, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't love the world's system. But now look what, look what he says in John 3 and 16. He said, for God so loved the world. Now let me see where it says, not the love of the world, which is the world's system. But then he turned around and said, God so loved the world. In other words, this word world here means social being, humanity or people that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not what? Perish but have eternal life. So God loves the world. It is us, the people resided in the world. God gave Jesus the only begotten son. By believing in him, through faith, we will not perish, but have eternal life. The world is at its darkest. Eternal damnation awaits the world. Now is the time for us believers, mostly the young generation, to show and share the love of God to the world. There are Maritans all around us. Let's us become the good Samaritans. Spreading not rumors, 
but spreading the word of God that could bring spiritual healing, bring forgiveness of sin, bring salvation and eternal life to the people who accept it through the only way, the truth, and the life, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In closing, 1 John 3 and 18, it says, Little children, let us not love with words or with tongue, but in what? Deed and in truth. If we say we love God, let us listen to his words so that we can know more of his holiness and can have a deeper relationship with him. If we say we love people, show it, care for them and pray for them as you do for yourself. If we say that we love our church, support it. Be one within the mission and the prayer in heart and most of all in faith. And if we say we love the world, let us be the salt and the light that starts sharing the word of God every chance we have. If someone today, if you know that you know you heard God speak to your heart and you know that you say, you know what? I want a relationship with God like that. I want to experience the truest form of love only found in Jesus Christ. That's what I want. All of us in here, at some time or another, you have to come to your senses and say, you know what? I'm not going to live and die like this. There must be more to life than what I'm experiencing. There has to be more to what I've been doing. What have I been put on this earth to do? You start with accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Everybody stand there. Who you love? You love God. You love people. You love your neighbor. You love your church. And you love like God said, God so loved the world. He loved humanity. He loved people. He loved social beings. Everybody needs somebody. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, after hearing a message like this, make me want to love my wife more. After hearing, after hearing a message like this, make me want to love my family more, my children, my grandchildren, the people of God, my brothers and sisters in Christ, my spiritual children. I, it makes me want to love even the more because I found out why he put me on here, on this earth. Because you know what? Really, you think that you got a lot of time and you think that being on this earth for a hundred years is really a long time. That's only a short period of time. It's only a short period of time. What are you going to do with the rest of your time that you have on this earth? Are you going to spend your time hating yourself, hating your family, hating your kinfolk, hating your job, hating everything, just hate, hate, hate? 
Or are you going to turn that thing into love and make the devil real mad? You know what? Devil ain't going to never tell you to love somebody. If anyone told you to love somebody, it was God. Watch this. You can't give something that you don't have. But he says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know what I've discovered? Some of us got to work on us first. We don't like us. You know why a lot of times we don't like us? Because we're competing with the world. Somebody done told us in order to be beautiful, you got to look like this. In order to be lovable and famous and really have a good attitude and successful, you got to have this and you got to be like this. Who stands? Uh-uh. The Bible told me to accept, my, accept me as me. You got to accept yourself. Jekyll, you said, I don't like these hands. I want them to be bigger or smaller. You got to work with what you got. Child, I wish I had lonely. Well, y'all can get that, but you can buy you can buy the glory now. You ain't got to. But just in case you can't grow it, it's okay. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You beautiful because I say you beautiful. You handsome because you say you handsome. I was created in the image of God. God didn't make nothing ugly. He didn't make nothing bad. Created by God. You, you watch this. As soon as you accept yourself, other people will accept you. If you don't accept you, other folk won't accept you. Huh, I'm fearful and I'm wonderfully made. That's who I am. I got royal blood flowing through my veins. I am somebody. This world would be very bland if we was all the same. Different shapes, heights, different voices. Whether you know it or not, we're different shades of skin. It may look similar, but there's, there's, there's a difference. There's a difference. You just got to accept yourself, sir. Ma'am, you got to accept who you are. Quit letting people tell you who you are. You're changing all of your stuff because you're listening to people. a certain shoe because people say, uh-uh, those don't look like the original. I don't care if they look good on my feet, I'm wearing them. You don't have an official jersey. You got to have an official jersey. I want the jersey that I got made up. It ain't got to be official. It can be unofficial. As long as it look good, I'm wearing it. Hallelujah. 
accept yourself. Make your own style. Quit following them the world style. Make your own style. When, when it's all gone, I'm a style of ball head. I'm going to rock it. I'm going to rock it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to rock that ball. I'm going to rock it. Amen. Yes, sir. I'm going to rock it. You got to accept yourself. Look at somebody say, I accept me. So look at him again and say, I love me. That's how I can love you. Because I love me. A lot of folks trying to compete, been trying to compete. All, well, you know, they say I don't talk right. And I don't, who, who standards? I don't care if you got a southern draw, you from the country or whatever like that. that listen, that's where you come from. You can't help the way you talk. I don't care if you come from New York and you know I'm from New York. You know, we talk like this. No, 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 no. You accept, long people can understand you. You accept the way you didn't give yourself your voice. You got the voice that God gave you, make it work for you. Are you hearing me? too much pressure on yourself about your features. And I know you want to look good, but don't put yourself too much you know, I know you're trying to lose food, but don't put that much pressure on yourself. Because I'm going to tell you something, some of you all will never be able to be like some of the other smaller people. Your frame ain't like that. You got thicker bones and God gave you some extra padding somewhere, you know, and praise the Lord. Your frame ain't like other, you know, species. And are y'all hearing me up in here? And then some of you all, you skinny. That's all right. You know, you ain't going to never gain no weight when we look at your mom and your daddy. Your mom and daddy skinny, so you're going to be skinny too. It's in your genes. It's in your makeup. But now what you do need to do, you need to be concerned about your health, though. Leave them scales alone because them, the, 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 those scales lie all the time. So leave the scales alone. Just accept yourself and say, you know what? I'm going to eat a little better. I'm going to exercise a little bit more. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to eat a little better. I can't eat everything I used to eat when I was younger. I'm going to change my diet a little bit. Amen. I'm going to tell you what some of y'all need. And I want you to go get some of this. I want you to run out here and get a whole lot of it today. So I need a pound of it. You need to go get you some. Tell us what it is, Bishop. You need to go get you a pound of laughter. The Bible says, a merry heart do it like medicine. The reason why some of you are feeling the way you're feeling, you don't laugh enough. Would you ask the one next to you, do you laugh enough? 
Tell them, say, I can laugh a little bit more, though. Tell them, say, I can laugh a little bit more. Some of y'all just need to get your little dose of some laughter. Some things are just funny. Especially you that are married. Don't y'all know y'all do funny things around each other every day? And you ain't even, you're, you're not even trying to be funny, but you're funny. Because you relax and you will say anything when you're with by yourself. You, just, you don't even try to find the right word, but you know, when you're talking to other people, you put that telephone voice on. Hello. Right? trying to be professional but when you run you know your family you ain't got to do all that so you got you got to get you some more laughter you got to go get you some buy you some if you have to some of y'all need two pounds of it maybe about a five pound bag of it I got to stop I'm way over while we're standing